1: Podcast. This is Ron Costa broadcasting remotely today in the great state of New York, here bringing you another great Mappable USA podcast where we put you on the map. And folks, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about more about crowdfunding, uh, reggae, et cetera. I'm going to talk, bring up a fact that on the surface seems like a no brainer. But there's a lot of controversy on both sides. So we'll get into that a little bit. But before we do, let's bring on Vicki Hutchmala from the World Token Market. Vicki, how are you today?
2: Oh, I'm excellent today, Ron. I'm so excited because it's going to be 115 in Vegas, and, you know, this is what we live for, hot summers. But I'm more excited about our guest. Our guest is going to give us more insight into how to better use the opportunities of reggae. So let's get yeah. started.
1: Exactly. That's, that's one of the reasons why I'm glad that I'm kind of like not in Vegas right now because of what you just said with the weather. But, uh, but let's, let's, let's get him on right now. Let's talk about uh, Manoj Grover from Plexus Media. You guys might remember him.
3: Manoj, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ron. Thank you, Vicky, for having me on again. Uh, by the way, Vicky, to be honest with you, it sounds I'm really happy from your tone of voice that you guys have 115 degrees, but I'm not envious at all. I remember our last call, we were at 50, and you were saying it was close <laughs> to 90, and then you said, you know what, I wish I was closer to 90. Now we're at 75 to 80, and it's perfect up here, so you can keep your weather. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, Manoj, this is why God created swimming pools, so that when it's 115, you can just jump right
3: in. True, yeah. but you do realize that the transfer of, like, heat and energy in physics, <laughs> the water does warm up.
2: Oh right? No, <laughs>
3: it, it, funny.
2: Yeah. That's funny. why it's if, great. If, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, you, you have, need, and if you need anything, don't you? you? <laughs> and if you need any more inducement, you just take a cold beer, and they're with you, and then you're pretty much in heaven.
3: Well, uh, okay. No argument for my side.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Manoj, <laughs> after after your last podcast that you were on, got a lot of comments from a lot of people saying that that was such a great podcast. And, in fact, some people said, you know, you just like have Manoj do all your podcasts because it was really, really great. So uh, I'm really awesome. happy to have you on again. you. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and today, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more. Actually, before we do that, uh, again, a really quick overview of, of, uh, of your company and what you're doing right now for our audience, in case they
3: didn't miss the last time. So not a problem. So Plexum, uh, we're a uh, investor-focused digital marketing firm, meaning that we help issuers or companies that are looking to either pre-IPO, uh, get awareness of their stock, or a reggae or any type of company doing financial raises, we help them get the, their story out, And attract investor eyeballs. And we're a pure online digital organization. We help companies from basically brainstorm their key messaging, develop investor profiles. So the idea is that, like how you would in any business, trying to identify who your client is, when you're doing raising capital, you have to identify who your investor would be. Who would be that value investor that would stick with you through thick and thin? So we help in developing those profiles and then build out the distribution tactics to actually get the message out, attract uh, the eyeballs, and uh, eventually hopefully help in the conversion of them to long-term shareholders.
1: No, that sounds, that sounds excellent. Of course, uh, this podcast, usually we have both investors and issuers always listening and downloading these podcasts. Today's, today's podcast really uh, is of interest to the issuers because we're going to talk about a few things uh, with, with reggae craft. And obviously reggae has a lot of moving parts. And uh, one of them in particular is this whole uh, testing the waters option that issuers can do? And I got to tell you, Manoj, when I first uh, learned about this, I thought this was a no-brainer. I thought, you know, this is such a great option for issuers. Uh, but then you know, I also heard the opposite. There's actually a, a school out there that I think that may not just, it may not be that great. But uh, what's your take on the whole thing? Let's let's talk about this again from a real top level.
3: Well. If I can uh, give you some uh, context and of who I am and how I perceive things, and maybe that would add a little more meat to the conversation. So, I grew up as an, uh, in a family of entrepreneurs. We're business owners. So my father was an immigrant that came to North America, Canada specifically, uh, not seeing an opportunity, getting a job, said start a business. And for that is a common story, not common American, Canadian, North American story where necessity breeds innovation. So most people do things because they have to. And as a result, many entrepreneurs are really, let's say, risk. we define them as risk takers. Their risk tolerance is much higher. Uh, They jump into opportunities and basically it's a sink or swim type of mentality. However, it does not mean that you don't do your research. It does not mean that you do not evaluate the benefit of or, or evaluate the opportunity to see is it worth it or not And given the market today, given the current situation we're in, it it, it actually is more important to do your research, to look at what the opportunity is. Is there a market for you? is there a market? is there a product market fit? what you want to do and I think that's where the value of testing the waters come in comes in because if you specifically talk about reg a reg a capital raising is expensive and expensive because there's so many costs uh, of overhead meaning from legal to uh, financials to marketing to administrative and just the it's literally doing a full-time job so there's actual labor costs of the individual Raising the funds themselves and working on this. So, I think the value of testing the waters is doing the due diligence up front to evaluate if there is this opportunity. And instead of getting into the tens of thousands of dollars of expenses that a reggae requires and not knowing the potential of success, you actually get to mitigate that risk by doing some more homework in advance. And that's what this opportunity allows.
2: Yeah. yeah, A lot of oh, people oh, and, think when it, it appears to be easy that they can do everything, but uh, I think that's where people make their mistake. You can't do everything, and this is a time where you need experts to help you to make sure you're successful because, you, as you said, it's very expensive.
1: It, it, is, uh, it is. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and uh, and, and Manuj, the idea behind the whole testing the waters as well is is setting up some kind of a of a platform or some kind of a thing on your website which allows people to pledge interest. Is is that right? Can we can we explain that a little bit more?
3: Well, so essentially, what it is is you as an issuer or I assessing is there as I as I said earlier product market fit. Are there people interested in your offering? Well even to take a step back, you're not, unless you're qualified by the SEC, you cannot offer stocks or sell any securities or even talk about the price points of what your program is. But essentially, you're allowed to gauge, is there interest in your company and you're allowed to uh, generate uh, lead lists or potential investor lists but you cannot solicit them to sell them something. If, uh, I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to you. Mm-hmm. During an actual campaign, once you're qualified by the ICC, you're allowed offering the, uh, the, um, the offer, presenting the offer. you can talk about the opportunity. you talk about the price, you can talk about the potential return. Uh, during testing and waters, you can't do that. But what you can mm-hmm. do is test and evaluate, is there an opportunity for me to raise money? Is there a buyer out there who would be interested in my story? And if there are, okay, what messaging will work for them? Um, most people think that they'll make a video, have a nice attractive video, um, have a, a nice pitch, uh, nice ads, nice colorful banner ads, and expect that people will bite. In reality, it's not 100% guaranteed, right? So we, in technology, we talk about something called A-B testing. I mean, you try to get from point A to point B and test the path to get there. You do the same thing with using testing water uh, rules, and you get to test, does it work? Is my messaging working? Maybe you have to do some tweaks and changes and then ch- and change the messaging, and maybe the second time, the third time, it works better at a m- much lower cost. And then as you talked about pledging interest, if there are individuals out there that like your concept, like your messaging, you are like to collect their information to communicate with them. And then once you get qualified by the SEC, you can solicit them for their investment.
1: Interesting. So now when these lists are made, let's say you do a Testing the Waters campaign and you generate – a list of let's say a thousand people as, as an example now all of a sudden you realize you know this may work i think uh, i think you know, we're going to go forward with this with this uh program with this with this capital raise uh, does it matter where your name is on this list in terms of your ability to invest i mean does, does the thousandth person get the same shot as the first person
3: i i would think so i would say so because the idea is that you're offering the same uh like when you when you do a offer circular with the SEC, the the deal you're offering, it's offered the same to everyone, right? So the idea would be is that now you have instead of starting from zero and starting from scratch once you get qualified, you have a running start. And the hope is you're offering the same people everything across the board. Um, so I've, I've noticed some people do different deals depending on the level of investment they do. That that should that would cause a huge problem on your cap table and the how you would structure the different uh, transactions or I mean different types of share levels. So I would recommend just doing across the board standard deal for everyone, and uh, maybe have it a little kicker like you do in Kickstarter that if you invest, you might get a product or a service or some uh, some uh, bonus on top of it. And so keep it simple and to the point
2: incentives always work make it easier for you to to do what you're doing if you offer an incentive to get people to buy into it so it sounds like testing the waters basically is just creating your strategy so that you know what's going to work you know what's not going to work and if plan A didn't work you've got a plan B to go to and you've learned during the process how to adapt to what's going to work and what's not going to work, so when you get to the SEC level you you've got a a, a well rounded product
3: I would agree on what you're saying on uh, a high level, but the way I would say it's a risk mitigating process it's right. like for example, if you're doing a traditional PP private placement um, you give it the an investor looks at your pitch deck and does their due diligence as say, does this fit my investment profile am I comfortable with the risk at the same time a company has to do the same thing looking okay I'm going to raise money using uh, either a reg d reg 506c a reg cf or any of these exemptions is there a buyer out there are there people willing to invest in my story and am I ready to spend these dollars to achieve this so it, it, I implore everyone to actually do their homework. Um, sometimes there's something that you and I would like because you find it so cool, but doesn't mean there's a market for it, right? It's a, and right. I'm not investing, you're not investing in it. So of course everything's cool if we're not putting our money to it. But if an organic company's bread and butter livelihood is dependent on this, it's in their best interest for the existing investors and any future investors to establish, hey is there a market for what i'm trying to do are there uh, and and the cool part for reggae is you can actually the whole idea is to find an audience that can potentially be a brand investor as well right so not only they're investing in your product but they can consume at the same time so it actually makes twice as much sense to do the extra homework cuz not only you're identifying your investor profile but also a consumer profile that will you'll benefit two in one that's what i think
2: Well, yeah, exactly, because in testing the waters, you're, you're figuring out not only is there a market for what I have and what I want to do, but also eliminating who it's going to appeal to. Between you and Ron and I, we may like one thing, but two of us may not like another thing, but by eliminating the two of us that don't like it, you now can create more of a focus on who... Or what type of investor is going to be interested so you can focus on that type of investor so you're not wasting time and energy and money with people who you know from the start aren't even going to be interested.
3: Well, Vicki, let me give you a real perfect example because this is how we started our conversation. I like beer. I like pools. I like warm weather. But I'm not coming to Vegas at 150 degrees. <laughs>
2: so we eliminate See? you from our from our
3: uh, <laughs> tourist
2: uh, list, right?
3: <laughs> exactly. So if you were thinking, uh, if I was being tested, the water coming, being enticed to come to Las Vegas with those three features individually, yes. Together at 115 degrees, no. No. <laughs> right. So therefore. If I was pitching somebody uh, an opportunity to come to Vegas right now, I would not be the ideal target. As a result, you've done your due diligence, and exactly. you know that there may or may not be a market for me at this time. At 98 degrees, yes, I'd be the first one on the airplane to show up to Vegas. So but for 100%. 10
2: months out of the year, you would be the perfect person, but for those two, you just don't want to have anything to do with it. Exactly. But you you know this information, and this information is valuable to you in how you want to present your your marketing plan or how you want to uh, go forward because the more information you have, the better decisions you can make and the better your strategy will work out in the end.
3: The way I look at it is – there's three, there's there's a there's a decision map or decision tree you have to make. With, with the advantage of testing waters, you have other three options. A, uh, you test it, you do your, your uh, testing the waters, it's a surrounding success, you move forward. Two, you do the testing of waters and it fails. Then you have the choice to either pivot, go back to the drawing board, refine the messaging, identify do a better job in your in your communication, in your concept, and then try again. And if it works, then you basically go back to A and just move forward. Or three, option C, is basically you fail and decide, okay, there is no market for this product or concept, and we just end it there. We just bite the bullet, absorb the loss, and take our licks, and just move on. So it's like you said, it is information and data is extremely important because now you have three decisions to make, and each of them have a different financial implication. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so, so Manuj, what are we talking about on a time frame of testing the waters? How long does the testing the waters campaign, if you want to call it that, last? Uh,
3: there's no rules about it. Like, for example, um, you can test the waters uh, with the – with basically with the limited information and with some warning labels about advising people that, that you're not soliciting them for investments until you get qualified so if you're qualifying it takes sixty days it takes ninety days you're, you're you're unlimited to how long you want to do this it's only how much you want to invest into it but I want to go back to something you said earlier Ron in our conversation before we started that there's different there are different thought patterns. Some people believe in testing in the waters and others do not. Um, what I would like to add is that there's no single formula of how to doing it. For example, uh, there's exemptions like regulated CF. Um, you can submit for a reg CF campaign and consider that a testing in the waters type of opportunity because it is much more dependent on the issuer a much lower cost you have uh, you can still communicate the message and get investments in and do your a b testing and so if for example if you are willing to take the time and investments in doing a reg cf and consider that you're testing a waters campaign and then see if there's an appetite for it and you do raise money and therefore you've not only done a b testing you've raised some money and now that, that those dollars could a cover the costs for the reg CF as well as allow you to transition to a reg a, if that is part of your, uh, part of your plan. And so as a result, you're not, you're basically recovering some costs and moving forward and then starting your reg C, a reg a, whereas for others, if you're not interested in doing a reg CF campaign at all, then basically define, okay, what's your timeline, what's your budget based on that timeline. And from there, do your A-B testing to see if there's a market for your product. Yeah, we call it the bridge the bridge to Reg A.
1: You know, you start off with the Reg CF and, and you go, uh, just as you said, uh, we see a lot of companies
3: doing that. So that's a, that's a good point as well. Yeah, and are, are I, there... I've heard that, sorry, just really quickly, Vicky, uh, before you say uh, next comment is that now I've heard that the potentially increasing the Reg CF to $5 million that may be a very appealing opportunity, except that you're restricted Absolutely. to being on a platform. But at least if the limit's high enough, you can actually invest enough dollars to get a good ROI. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yep. All right, Vicky, what were you going to say? Right,
2: what I was going to, what I was going to ask, Manoj, are there certain businesses or uh, companies uh, or industries that just this Reg A is just not something that's going to work for them? based on either, not not just on whether or not they can afford it, but on what they're trying to do or what they're trying to get investors for. Do companies, do you ever say no to companies that come to you because you know that it's just not going to work for them?
3: Yes, we do. And there, the reason why this is a, not only, um, actually, it's a very good question you've asked. And the reason why is it just, you have, I'm a salesperson. I always like to make people please people, and the hardest lesson I ever learned was to say no. And especially in a reggae environment where the marketing aspect is the basically the engine that makes this go, um, if we say yes to every opportunity without doing their due diligence will this be a success, we're not only disservicing the client just to take their money, but we're actually putting ourselves in a risk because there's a potential reputational risk of not able to be succeeding, and therefore our reputation is in line of the failure rather than the issues of those. Because there's so many moving parts to Reg A. Like, for example, we're under COVID right now, and uh, perceptions, financial risk, many things change given the current current environment. So without doing proper due diligence and looking at, okay, is this something that will succeed in? Is there a market for it? Uh, Is there what dollar point they're on? What are the growth opportunities for this? And will this fit our model of business as well as are we willing to risk our reputation on this? So these are so many moving parts in the decision making. So you know, to simplify, to answer your question, yes, we have said no, and but there's a lot of points that we have to take into consideration before making that decision.
2: So if I'm a business and I'm thinking, well, you know, this might work for me, uh, I think I'm going to go forward with it. What would be the first question I would have to ask myself in order to take that first step and know whether it's really going to, to work?
3: Is somebody willing to pay for your product or service? <laughs> you, may, oh. you may think that you're solving a problem that applies to you and you might, it's your personal problem, but if nobody is willing to pay for it, then you don't have a business. There you go. So if you don't have a if you don't have a buyer, then what's the point?
2: That's right.
3: I, exactly. Well, that's yes, right. And, yes.
2: and, and you can't expect a miracle.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, and then getting back to your, but, you know, I, I back to your point before about uh, you know saying no to some projects or this and that. I think that's one of the the negative things that people bring up about testing the words because the negative part of it that I've heard was. That if I'm testing the waters and I'm trying to get people interested, then people may like me, and maybe people may say, "Hey, you know, yeah, I, I think your idea is great. I think this is great. Proceed." And all the the status will be uh, saying, "Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead." But none of these people are putting money up at this point. But once the once the the time is to come to to come up with some money, then it's a whole different story. And people say, "Well, you know, I'm not ready to invest or whatever." And and then all you're testing the waters. That whole campaign, which Gave you a green light go, uh, becomes a red light because none of the people are ready to invest really. So that's the negative end of that. Uh, that that again that I've heard. What, what do you
3: think of that? Well, that's a very good point. But then imagine you're investing all this money into Reg a reggae. Well, so we can do testing the waters without having to spend any dollars on your audit, without having to spend any dollars on legal because this is basically a a a, a trial period, and you get some either positive or negative feedback, and it makes then allows more of some data to make a decision point. But let's say, for example, you skip all that and go straight into the reggae. You spend money on your audits, spend money on your SEC fees, you spend money on the legal fees, any other administrative costs. You're in the tens of thousands of dollars, and you're in the same point where you did not evaluate if there's a market for your product or service, and now you don't have a buyer. And, but you spent the $100,000 to get it all set up. Whereas you could have spent, let's say, a quarter of that, done the marketing analysis, and still came to the same conclusion, and at least you saved 75%. Right. Then, well, and
1: then and you're left with those work three work. options you talked about before, the A, B, or C option of, of whether to proceed or not. or you know, or I guess there's a D option there, too, which is, uh, you know, I think it's a great idea. I don't care what the data says, which is a recipe well. for failure. <laughs>
3: Well, I'll give you actually a very personal example uh, of the logic and uh, hopefully it, it, it gives, it gives uh, your audience a better understanding. So while growing up, uh, my father, who was a very charismatic business person in the early 90s, decided to, in Canada at that time, there was no Walmart and the concept of dollar stores is very, very new. So growing up in the city of Montreal, my family was the very first chain of dollar stores. And oh. it was just a concept. You came to the US on a, vacation, on a trip, business trip, and saw this is a great concept. Okay, let me try this out. Because there was nothing else there, it was more of a, gimm- uh, a gimmick at that point. Uh, there was just an, it was the right opportunity time. So, but eventually, uh, a chain similar to Dollar Tree started up in uh, in Canada. Walmart showed up. Some of the major other chains showed up, and as a well, result, it became tighter. The margins were smaller. Our dollar collapsed, so the cost of buying goods from China went up, and then eventually, it did not make sense. So as I. This was in the early '90s. Uh, unfortunately, my father passed away in '98, and we had our own other. We had already gone to another business. We shut that business down, and my mom said, "You know what? I have experience in the dollar store business. Um, let me. I want to go back into it. You know, you go back to school, son, and I'm going to take care of this." So she opened up a store. Well, she didn't do a market research. She didn't look at what the best location of the store would be. She just found a place that thought, hey, this is in front of a grocery store. A lot of people walk by here. I should open my store there. It was one of the worst decisions we ever made. Why? Mm -hmm. We put $50,000 in inventory. We signed up a lease for five years. It was an expensive lease. We didn't do the market research of what type of market was there, what type of community was there, um, what, what product they would like to buy. and As a result, that grocery store uh, shut down after two years and then a few other stores opened down the street. So now we're in for about $150,000 and we're bleeding. So eventually we had to shut down with our tail behind our legs and just get out of there. But yeah. if we actually did so our diligence, if we did um, yeah.
1: so important so to so that market research. Yeah.
3: And at, but still, at least I had product, I liquidated, I recovered some, and I moved on. Now you're doing, you're raising securities, you're online, you could bleed money nonstop and still not understand what's going on. It's a different yeah. world out there. It's very expensive. It makes sense to just do your homework. And that's exactly. what testing water opportunity gives you. Whatever direction you choose at the end of the day, you're now empowered with information and data to make that proper decision.
2: That's that's like the the golden rule of business and entrepreneurship is you have to do the analytical. You have to do the demographics. You have to gather as much information as you can about what it is you want to do and where it is you want to do it and make sure that there's a market and there's people who want to pay the money to have it. And if you have all of that information, before you do anything – you you're kind of more on the road to success than if you did like your mother did and said this is a nice place it's by a grocery store let's do it and then because you didn't have the information it didn't work out so it's 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 what i always say it's it's the strategy and the strategy is gathering the information the more information the more detailed that information is the more success you will have because you know what's going to happen.
3: You've anticipated mm. everything. Like they always talk about having greener pastures on the other side of the fence. It's not always true. You need to no. do your research. You need to no, do your homework. Yeah. Well, Manuj, I'm
1: sure we have issuers on listening to this right now, listening to the podcast that may want to talk to you further about this point and, and get started with some marketing. How would they get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach you?
3: Well, I, I'm given that we're all working from home. I have always, always on my phone, so always have my email and my <laughs> phone number. If you allow me to, can I give him? Can I st- state out my email, my phone number, and then give me a Absolutely, yeah, whatever you email.
1: like. Yeah,
3: that's so far, So my my email is Manuj, which is M A N U J at plexus dot media. So M A N U J at p l e x u s dot media, N-E-D-I-A, or just give me a quick call on my cell phone, which is area code 647-938-9676.
1: Yeah, hopefully you have a nice view of the uh, outside your office window there at home, and you, you get the nice, nice relaxing view as you, as you work, right? Well,
3: uh, what I've, uh, I, like, I live in a suburb <laughs> north of Toronto, so I've tried to make a little, like, background oasis. I'm growing my little tomato plants, Actually, I'm also growing a Carolina Reaper pepper plant, which is uh, regarded as the hottest pepper in the world. So that's some of the gardening experimenting I'm doing. So I wake up in the morning, sun shining, have a coffee, work out in my backyard, and then uh, when it gets really hot and muggy, I go in my basement and uh, have my little TV, uh, got the computers going, and uh, nice AC running. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. See what, yeah maybe well, few...
1: see
2: what the virus did to you, Manoj. It made you a farmer. <laughs>
3: Well, actually, the problem with the virus for me is that I've been gaining weight because I've been literally eating more. (laughs) That's because usually when you're working, you go to the office, there's transit, you're busy with calls and meetings, people face to face. Here, I'm on the phone and walk to my kitchen, take out a bag of chips or a bag of popcorn (laughs) or cookies and basically realize, why am I spending more on groceries? I thought I was going to save money sitting at home. So it's it well, but positive the good, and negative. The
2: good news, but the good news, Manoj, is that hot peppers are good for you if you want to lose weight because they uh, motivate your metabolism. So that's a good thing. So you're growing what you need to overcome the cookies and the popcorn. Yeah,
3: true. But what I've heard about the Carolina Reapers is that they actually burn the inside of your mouth so you literally can't eat anything anymore. So I think that could oh, also be a work. reason for it. Whatever works, Manoj. <laughs>
1: I, th- I, think, I think, Manuj, maybe we uh, should do a testing the waters on your on your pepper uh, recipe there. Who knows, right? One of these days, we'll see some <laughs> mm-hmm. shelves in stores, right? Uh, not a there
3: problem. Uh, actually, I'm the chef at home, so I quick, like, I, uh, I bought myself a pizza oven. I love smoking food. And my mom says to me, why don't you just open a restaurant? It's like, if I have to earn a living cooking food, I'll just stop doing it because it'll be no longer. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> so <laughs> here's my love promise it. to you. Once I, I have it. these peppers ready, I'll make a jam spicy spicy. Jam, and I'll send it to the two of you for testing it out.
2: Perfect. Very good. I'm and, in. i And I'm we in.
3: will test it.
1: <laughs> so, Vicky, did we, uh, did we leave anything out? Is there anything we didn't ask, Manoj?
2: Well, Manoj, I think you did an excellent job, and, and you, you got people to think about not everything works for everybody, and most important, whatever you're doing, do your homework and let somebody actually help you To make a success, and and I think that's one of the things that you put forth very well, Manoj. That if you call uh, uh, Plexus Media, talk to Manoj, you're on the road to success.
3: I thank you both for this opportunity and having me back. I really really do enjoy it. Thank you.
1: Yes, uh, as well. We love having you on. Hopefully, we'll get you on again real soon. So, everybody out there, awesome. uh, thanks, Vicky, by the way, for co-hosting. Thanks, Manouche for being part of the show. And you're listening to the Mappable USA podcast at mappableusa.com. If you go to that homepage, you could scroll down. You can find all our syndication sources. You pick the one you like the best, and you'll never miss another Episode. There's a guest tab there. If you want to be a guest like Manoj was today, you can fill that out. We'll see what we can do about getting you on the show. And if you like what you hear today, just send us an email, info at mappableusa.com, or leave a comment on the page. You're listening to this right now. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks so much for your support. Thanks for listening. We'll be at you next week with another Mappable USA podcast. Have a great week, everyone.